welcome in to another episode of a Cali Green Monster show. Coming to you here on this Feel Good Friday from the Tesla Studios here in beautiful San Diego, California. It is March 12th, 2021. I am your host, Dean Ryan. So I think on past episodes I had mentioned that I think that there's something brewing in New England. You know, they brought Trent Brown in. They have tons of cap space. So I felt like, you know, Bill Belichick is ready to reload this roster. Their defense, they got a bunch of players coming back with Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower and the boys. So it's like, all right, Patriots, let's let's regain our mantle in the AFC East. Let's get back in the playoffs. That was, you know, let's call 2020 a mulligan. You know, it was COVID season. So, you know, that doesn't even count. Well, I didn't think, you know, I said there was something brewing. I didn't think this would be brewing. So breaking news this morning was Cam Newton has signed an extension with the the New England Patriots or at least signed on for another one-year deal, except this time it's for $14 million. So he's getting paid some pretty good money to be under center for New England. And I'm not really sure how to take this news. You know, I was in the camp of I was hoping for maybe someone like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, someone who could really move the ball down the field, you know, back way before or in the, at the very beginning of the offseason, you know, or I think the season was still going on. Actually, I don't even know if the Super Bowl would have been played, but I was thinking Matt Stafford would have been super awesome in in New England or just someone. Yeah, a passing quarterback, kind of someone similar to Tom Brady. You know, we tried the experiment with Cam Newton having a running quarterback last year. Started out kind of good, but just down the stretch just didn't work, you know. Patriots ended up seven and nine, missing the playoffs for the first time since the 2008 season, which was the last season that Tom Brady wasn't the quarterback. You know, he was out with a torn ACL that season. So, I mean, take that as you will. The past two seasons that Tom Brady hasn't been the quarterback in New England, they haven't been to the playoffs. So, you know, I think that. You know, when people are doing the debate between Belichick and Brady, you know, I, I do think it's a silly debate because I think that they both needed each other. But I think that there will be people that will point out to that fact, you know, about Tom Brady might have been the key to all their playoff success or even getting to the playoffs in general. So, you know, Cam Newton last year, he did start off really well. You know, after the first three games, you know, the Patriots were two and one. They had, you know, pretty good wins over a Miami team that was expected to do pretty good. And, you know, they ended up being pretty good. They were well coached. They, you know, took them to the last week, week 17, to officially not make the playoffs. But, you know, they played them. You know, they, they played a good game against the Raiders. They got a win there. And then they played, you know, a high-scoring game against Seattle. So I think Cam Newton threw for almost 400 yards that game. And, you know, Cam Newton's stats through the first three games were really impressive. You know, he was completing 69% of his passes, so nearly 70% of his passes, which is, you know, really great. You know, 714 passing yards with two touchdowns and two picks. But he also ran for 149 yards with four TDs. You know, that first three games, you know, he was a fantasy football stud. So if you play fantasy football, you know, he was someone I could see that you were probably maybe targeting three weeks into the season. But in week four, him and Stephen Gilmore, they went on the COVID-19 protocol. So he got COVID-19. And I'm not sure how much it really affected him, but it seemed to, I mean, I don't know if it was the COVID-19 that affected him or if it was the long layoff between playing in week three. And then I think the next time he played wasn't until week six, because I think that, 
you know, because of the COVID-19 and the stuff that was going on in New England with COVID, I think their game, they didn't have to play again until week six. And then from that on, he was just not as good. New England went five and seven with him the rest of the season. So that's very uncharacteristic of New England, you know, being under 500. And I had mentioned they missed the playoffs for the first time since 2008. But at least when they played in 2008, when they missed the playoffs, they were 11 and five. So that was at least still, a, you know, a prototypical, you know, Patriots season winning season so last year was pretty abnormal for anyone that's you know been a Patriots fan for the past few decades you know it might be a little bit you know I think if you were a Patriots fan of the 90s or before maybe you're a little bit this seems a little bit more familiar to you so you know it wasn't the best year I mean if you look at the rest of the season after he came off of COVID you know he only had six passing touchdowns for the rest of the season six passing touchdowns that's pretty nuts, and especially in a, in, a, in a league where passing touchdowns, you know, you've got people, you know, throwing over 40 touchdowns, getting over 30 touchdowns nowadays isn't even considered that impressive, where before, you know, the best quarterbacks in the league would be getting like 32, 33 touchdowns, so, you know, eight touchdowns, or six touchdowns the rest of the way, and three of those touchdowns came in week 17 against the New York Jets, so, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, and, you know, so, you know, if you take that away, that's only three passing touchdowns that he had against eight interceptions and 1,943 passing yards. He was able to tack on 443 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns with that. So, I mean, Cam Newton, when you look at it, he was actually a pretty productive running back for New England. So, I mean, if you want him to be running back or running back from the quarterback position, you know, he, he filled that perfectly. You know, some people could point that it's not necessarily all cam newton's fall i mean it was his first season with new england i think he went like over 90 days last year without a team so you know there wasn't you know by the time he joined new england there was no otas and you know zoom meetings and stuff like that to get familiar with the you know with the system and i don't even think it was until like the the you know the second to last or the last week of the preseason that cam newton was actually named the starting quarterback so you know maybe having a year under his belt in new england he'll be able to come in way more prepared this year a lot of people point that he didn't really have that many weapons you know julian edelman he's been kind of you know the main wide receiver target in new england and was the tom brady favorite but you know julian edelman's getting old he played i think in only five five or six games last year so he was hobbled with injury when he was out there he he definitely looks like he's lost a step like I still think he's a good wide receiver but I don't think he's by no means a top wide receiver in the league you know the top the Patriots best receiver last year at least statistically wise and honestly when you're watching the games was Jacoby Myers hands down you know he led the team in passing receiving yards but you know with all due respect to Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry and you know Julian Edelman those are not the type of weapons that you would expect on a top offense I mean again referencing fantasy football you know the New England offense was someone that you stayed away from you know you there was no players that were even appealing on the offense because they just could not move the ball down the field and I mean having a quarterback who ends the season with only eight touchdowns I mean that's crazy to think that a starting quarterback in the league who played a majority of the season wound up with under 10 passing touchdowns while also getting 10 interceptions. So, you know, that's why I'm not, 
this wasn't the most exciting news seeing that. But I think that, you know, New England, they still have a lot of cap space. So, you know, signing Cam Newton to $14 million, that doesn't really hinder their ability to be able to bring in more weapons and more pieces to help out this next season. You know, there's a couple, you know, if if off the top of my head, you know, Hunter Henry from the Los Angeles Chargers, he's a tight end, one probably the best tight end that's available. He would probably work really well in New England with that offense. Maybe Jonu Smith, tight end from Tennessee. I'd like to see one of those two guys wind up in New England. Bill Belichick, I feel like, and um, and McDaniel's know how to basically design an offense where you know having a tight end who can really open up the middle of the field and I think that could be a real benefit for Cam Newton and then also having a good tight end who can just be able to block if there's ever you decide to run the option and stuff like that with Cam Newton so you know bringing in I think a good tight end would do good things for that offense and then when you're talking about other weapons would New England be willing to shell out some money to like a good running back to bring in you know Aaron Jones from Green Bay he's fully expected to leave Green Bay and find a new place you know if you if you pair up Aaron Jones and Cam Newton together that would probably be a pretty dynamic offense or maybe another Green Bay running back who's a free agent Jamal Williams he's going to be looking for a new spot and I think he was pretty impressive he was someone that was on my fantasy football team on and off last year so I did you know keep an eye on him throughout the year and he looked good every time he would touch the ball so you know would they be would New England be willing to bring in you know a dynamic running back like that and then in terms of wide receivers there's tons of wide receivers out there you know I mentioned on a one of the episodes a few back, Kenny Galladay, Smooth Kenny G from the Lions. He was didn't get franchise tagged, so he's a free agent. You know, he's more of a deep one-on-one threat, you know, 6'4", so I don't know if that necessarily works with the type of quarterback that Cam Newton is, but there's tons of other ones. You know, T.Y. Hilton from the Colts, Curtis Samuel. So I do expect New England to try to bring in somebody because, you know, and New England does need some weapons. It can't just be all Cam. And especially, you know, bringing Cam in for this one year, I think it is kind of, you know, I think they want him to be successful, obviously. You know, Adam Schefter, when he was reporting on this this morning, he also pointed out that this doesn't necessarily mean that New England is done making moves in the quarterback position. And what I think what that means, I don't think that necessarily means that – they're going to be bringing in another veteran guy. Like, I don't think Fitzpatrick or anything like that's going to be coming in to challenge Cam Newton. But I wouldn't be surprised if New England targets a quarterback in the first round and maybe even tries to trade up to be able to draft a quarterback. You know, because with Cam Newton, he's a mobile guy. You know, with the offense they had last year, he had, a what was it, 12 rushing touchdowns. So they definitely, bringing Cam Newton around, they obviously – like having that type of quarterback in the system so it seems like that's the scheme in the system they want to be running having a mobile quarterback who can do multiple things who can throw and run and you know two quarterbacks off the top of my mind that are kind of highly touted and should be drafted in the top half of the first round this year is North Dakota State's Trey Lance and Ohio State's Justin Fields these are two pretty you know highly touted quarterbacks you know Trey Lance is way more unproven since he played in like division two you know he wasn't playing in like the top college level so he hasn't really faced the top competition but all the scouts you know point to him as being he's, he can do everything that you know his throwing technique looks great that he can he's big he's fast so I mean 
he could he's definitely someone especially since he hasn't had the I guess most snaps under the against the best players you know in college football he would be the perfect guy to sit behind Cam Newton and really just kind of understand the NFL and get up to speed and maybe in years two or three become the starting quarterback so that's kind of something that I'm going to be looking for come draft season is will New England try to make a move up to get one of these quarterbacks because I think just with how many teams that are rumored to want quarterbacks regardless of how many quarterbacks are available there might not even be any available by the time the Patriots pick in the middle of the first round so we'll see what happens in New England so I'm not completely out on this move if anything I think it is a good move that they at least did this relatively early and they did this before free agency because from my understanding is Cam Newton is a well-liked guy in the league so people might want to come to New England to play with Cam Newton you know he's a charismatic dude and if people and if he's a really good locker room guy that might kind of quell all the like you know the bad reputation that New England gets for just being like a you know there like a place where you have to come and just bust your ass and work and Bill Belichick's going to call you out and all the film you know it's like if at least if you have someone like Cam Newton and be like hey this at least is going to be a fun locker room and we've got a good leader to at least follow so you know we'll see you know and Belichick we trust and you know I don't think he'd be making this move if he didn't think he was best for New England so you know at the end of the day I think Belichick's got a long runway of faith in my books so you know i'm gonna i'm gonna believe in this move until i don't know i guess we see him play and really shit the bed but you know until then you know i think this is just the first in a long list of moves that we're going to see new england make this offseason so in other offseason free agency like or like roster releasing news one that stuck out to me it looks like Kansas City has released both of their tackles so they released left tackle Eric Fisher he tore his Achilles in the AFC championship game against Buffalo last year and you know then right and then right tackle Mitchell Schwartz he missed most of the season with a back injury so that's a big deal I mean Kansas City they have been able to re-sign you know Patrick Mahomes a huge money Travis Kelsey it just seems like they can sign everyone keep this roster together but now I think we're starting to see the repercussions of trying to sign all these really big position players to big money you know as Max Kellerman always says on ESPN first take in the NFL, you've got to rob Peter to pay Paul. So it looks like they're taken away from the offensive line. They're saving $18 million in cap space, but does Kansas city now want every single game to look like the super bowl? One of the reasons why they lost that super bowl is because Patrick Mahomes was literally on ice skates running around the entire time. And now they've gotten rid of his two really good tackles that, that, protect him on the edge you know at least you know eric fisher him tearing his achilles you know he might end up missing a majority of next season so that might be an easier one to swallow and you know with schwartz with back issues i don't know maybe if they're projecting that he might have you know injury concerns going into 2021 so maybe they're now kansas city is going to have to target some tackles in the draft but you know, finding good tackles to protect your quarterback is, you know, is something that it's not easy to do. You know, there's look it up in Seattle. Russell Wilson is literally trying to force himself out of Seattle because he's not getting enough protection. So, I mean, 
Patrick Mahomes. He's the face of the league. He's the best player in the league. And they're going to need to find a way to protect this guy because, you know, I don't think getting rid of his tackles is going to do any favors for the the Chiefs offense. They're still going to be a really good team. But as you saw with with Tampa Bay, they were able to completely disrupt that offense with just rushing four people. So we'll have to see what happens with Kansas City there. I mean, it was probably a move they had to make to make a, you know, to give some cap relief, but we'll see what they do there with that offensive line. And then some other breaking news that came in like right before I started recording is that apparently Tom Brady has worked out a deal with Tampa Bay and he's extended his contract, I think, for another four years. So it looks like Tom Brady has no interest in retiring anytime soon. I guess the way his contract was structured out before last season, it was for two years at $25 million apiece. But I think by doing this extension now – it gives Tampa Bay about like $18 million, like 14 to $18 million in cap space. So that's going to go a long way towards being able to re-sign like Indomitian Sue and Shaq Barrett and, and Gronk and maybe Antonio Brown. And, you know, they've tagged Godwin. So I think that Tampa Bay, you know, they're, they're definitely going to be trying to run it back. And I think that, you know, Tom Brady doing this move, you know, that really helps him. You know, a lot of people kind of look around the league and you see all these quarterbacks taking this max money. And there's a lot of people that, you know, there's articles and people that have done research that show that, you know, having a quarterback that gets paid a majority of the cap or like, you know, 20% of the cap, those teams don't win a Super Bowl. Meanwhile, you look at Tom Brady and I know he's married to a supermodel who makes tons of money herself, but he does, you know, he does take pay cuts and he has always been under market valued and he oh, he knows the importance of doing moves like this. So, you know, Tom Brady, it's like he, he's not only the greatest of all time quarterback, but you can argue he's the greatest of all time, like assistant GM. So, you know, good for Tampa Bay. And I expect them to be, you know, definitely one of the, the top three teams in the NFC. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them at least get back to the Super Bowl next year. And then before we get out of here, March Madness is going to be coming up. Sunday is the Bracketology. That's when they're going to make all the brackets are going to be, you know, the pick em shows. So they're going to be all the brackets are going to be filled out with teams. So you'll have until I think until the middle of next week to fill out the brackets. So next Monday's episode, I'm going to be picking my bracket live on the air. You know, just keep in mind, I've watched maybe five minutes of college basketball in entirety this year. So whether I make picks, whether they're good or not, I don't think you can base any of your picks based on mine. But, you know, this weekend I do plan on watching some of the conference championship games and I do plan on reading about a lot of the teams that are going to be in the tournament. So hopefully it won't be completely random pick them and just picking based off mascots and how they've done in the past. So yeah, tune in on Monday, March Madness episode, bracket episode, have your brackets in hand. And this show is actually going to be sponsoring a March Madness pick them. So head to Yahoo. If you want to play, it's group number two, two, one nine nine so sign up there it's going to be a five dollar buy-in and you can venmo me at dean perus it perus is p-e-r-u-s-s-e 
Venmo me $5 there, and it's just going to be winner take all. There's going to be no second, no third place. It's just the winner takes all the money. And, I mean, and then if you don't send in the Venmo money, I guess you're just not eligible for the prize, and we just won't count your bracket. But, yeah, head over to Yahoo. Join in. You know, March Madness is something that's fun to do. It always ends up being someone who wins who has never watched – a basketball game ever so i think that's a strategy that i'm going with this year you know not watching any college basketball at least up until this weekend so you know check that out hopefully covid stays away i think duke's season has already been ended because they had a covid outbreak or a covid test a couple days ago it looks like tonight's georgia tech and virginia tech's semifinal acc game it looks like that's canceled because virginia tech had a had an outbreak or had a positive so it looks like georgia tech now gets to move on by default so hopefully with this march madness we don't have to be dealing with any of that and having any of our brackets being busted just because of a covid um a covid case because apparently that's what they're going to be doing now if a team tests positive for covid i think that's just going to be considered an l like you took an l to covid nothing you can do and the other team's just going to move on so that's a caveat that people have to i guess keep into consideration this year with march madness so this has been a cali green monster show i am your host dean ryan i appreciate everyone that takes the time to stop by and listen to the show so have a great weekend everyone until next time Peace.